Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Are you well this morning? Fantastic. It's great to be here with you today, and it's uh, always a great privilege to be able to share God's Word, and uh, it's good to be together with my wife. Usually, she's in one place, I'm in another, and in a couple of weeks, she preaches here, so I'm looking forward to that, and I'm going to be sitting right there listening to her, and they're great, and uh, let's just pray she doesn't uh, talk about things that happen at home. That's the main thing, so fantastic. Um, it's been a great week uh, for our campuses. Uh, Pastor Charles is at Box Hill today. Pastor Greg is on holidays. How many of you know you need some holidays? And I think he's on a cruise. And, uh, you know, we're just praying he, God refreshes him. Uh, this week we had our History Makers Conference. And, uh, you know, I was so uh, blessed as a pastor, as a parent, in the sense that, you know, we, we're all parents. Sometimes we're not just you know, from our own bloodline, but we're spiritual parents. And to see some of our young sons and daughters, just what God's doing through them, it gives me a great understanding that there's a great future for the church. And uh, just to see what God's doing is absolutely amazing. Um, please don't respond lightly to the video we just saw. Uh, how many of you know we, we all have responsibility uh, to care not just for Australia but for the things that are happening around the world. We now live in a, a global village and um, these are our brothers and sisters and so I, I pray that you do do some research, have a look at what's happening, contribute where you can. I think that's really, really important. How many of you know that? And uh, we are so blessed in this nation. We are absolutely blessed. And uh, sometimes what happens is we, we don't realise how blessed we are. And I just pray that, you know, you pray about it and see what God puts on your heart. This morning, um, I have a message that's most probably not going to tickle your ears. Is that okay? Uh, it, it might not totally bring comfort to you. Um, actually, I changed my message. I did have a nicer message. Uh, but... Who thinks maybe I should go with that one? Meredith just said, maybe you should go with a nicer message. But, you know, we have a responsibility to understand what's happening in the world. And as a pastor, you know, we need to understand that, uh, uh, you know, we're here to care, we're here to love, we're here to make sure that we have compassion. Um, but we also need to be aware of what the enemy's trying to do. And uh, some of you this morning, I'm going to give you a general overview on some things that Pretty well this week, God's put on my heart. I've sort of missed it for the last five years. Every time we get to October, I've wanted to talk about the subject. It just sort of slips by. But I just woke up with an urgency this morning to talk about this particular subject. And if you're a parent here today, um, you know, I pray that you'll listen and understand what is actually happening. There's a bigger picture uh, in what I'm about to say. And, and I pray that you really take it with the spirit and the heart that I'm delivering it with this morning. Um, this is, I'm not preaching this out of a reaction. I'm not preaching this as a defense, something to be defensive about. But I, I want us to be aware. How many of you know we need to be aware? And the Bible says not only do we need to be aware, but we need to be awake. Sometimes, you know, we can get comfortable uh, in our, and I say this with real respect, with the, the bubble that we live in in our churches. And we just need to be very, very careful that we don't um, sometimes in the, in the blessing of God lose the purpose of God. How many of you know sometimes in the blessing of God you can lose the purpose of God? 
Uh, that is a, a trait right through Scripture in the Old Testament. When the children of Israel began to get caught up in the blessings of God, they lost the purpose in the heart of God. I'm also very aware today that there are people here and you're hurting. I'm very aware that you're going through some valleys. There are situations that you have going to work through, and I don't want to be insensitive to that. But just for a moment today, can we have a look at some of the things that maybe are of greater impact on our nation? And, and the reason I've been prompted to speak about this is because on October the 31st, um, you know, Australia, like many other nations of the world, are going to celebrate and have a party uh, all around Halloween. Now, don't switch off. All right, please don't switch off and don't start saying that I'm on a ghost hunt or anything like that. But the reality of it is that, you know, sometimes we need to understand the spiritual implications of things like that. Can I say that? And I I think what's been happening uh, that sometimes we need to be really, really careful in church life because there, there is a, you know, the enemy is great at seducing. The enemy is great at trying to make things very subtle. Uh, the enemy is very, uh, you know, he, he doesn't care if we get up, you know, involved in social entities and have a social environment that, you know, celebrates fun and all sorts of things like that. And that's all fantastic. But sometimes what happens is that the, the voice of the church is silenced. We are God's voice. And we need to be God's hands, we need to be his eyes, but we also need to be his voice, not in a condemning way, but to make people aware of some of the realities that are happening. I I can't believe that um, our nation and many nations of the world have celebrated and are embracing a culture that is rooted, and I'm not just talking about Halloween, but, um, you know, a, a, a culture that embraces fear and evil. And things that are so uh, are now, um, the common has become the ungodly. It's like the common has become, you know, the, the, uh, the thing that everybody looks down upon. And when I look at just some of the, the advertisement, even of this particular period of time, Halloween, where it's celebrated as a fun family thing, and it's acceptable behaviour and it's all about sales and money, and I've seen all the sales and marketing stats But the spiritual realities is that uh, are we being deceived into embracing something in our culture that is actually not godly? And maybe it's highlighted through this particular time, but I want to talk about a bigger web that we need to look at. I mean, all the very costumes dictate fear. I mean, let's really look at it. Um, You know, I've told you the story that, you know, that you don't want to knock on my mother's door uh, on Halloween, uh, she had an experience a couple of years ago where a couple of young kids uh, went to her, knock on her door. My dad's not alive and she was al- alone. And these two kids, one came dressed as a devil and the other one, you know, in a Halloween mask. And it scared the daylights out of her. But the thing is, is that uh, she unfortunately reacted quite badly. <laughs> and started telling them what for, and that these things aren't godly, and I think they got a bigger scare than what she did. Uh, that day, I rang up my mum and my son and said, can you please go and put a sign, and he did, uh, on mum's door to say, you know, enter at own risk sort of thing. You know, you don't come here knocking on my mum's door. And, you know, we can all brush it off as fun. 
We can all brush it off and go, well, you know, but isn't it funny how we're embracing even symbolic things that represent evil? And yet we are embracing them in our culture. You know, in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 14, it says, For Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. Now, this is not about Halloween. This is a bigger picture. Because this is just the seduction, I believe, of our society and sometimes even our churches that are being seduced into spiritualism. And, uh, you know, I say to many, many people when I go and preach around the place, I say, you know, Australia is a spiritual nation. And I get this reaction. I said, please hear what I'm saying. Australia is a spiritual nation. It means we're open to spiritualism. It doesn't mean we're a godly nation. Because spiritualism is amoral. There are three things that I have seen over the years that there's been an intrusion uh, to the Word of God, and that is to our sexuality, our social behaviour, and our spirituality. Now we have a smorgasbord of alternatives and choices uh, that are really beginning to hone in on really the core issue of all our issues, which is about self. We are a self-orientated um, society. Actually, if you look in the Noah Webster's Dictionary, there's 113 words on the word self. That's amazing. And it's a reality. But there's a smorgasbord of choices that we can make. In Isaiah chapter 4, verse 6, it says, My people, my people, God's people, are destroyed and seduced because of their lack of knowledge. Their lack of knowledge of God and their lack of knowledge of the Word of God. And today, I think people um, that have real needs, real needs, are being seduced into what I call a new age web. And let me tell you, if you think that the devil does not have an evangelistic program, let me tell you, he does. And if you study it, it's actually more effective than the church. The problem with the church is we are more concerned about what's going on in our own personal world. Sometimes we get involved in politics in church life. Sometimes we get involved, um, you know, in conflicts because it's all the plan of the devil. If he can keep us in our own little bubble, we forget about what this is all about. We're, we're about that there's a saviour, Jesus Christ, that died on a cross and he rose again and we're here to reach the lost and see them freed and that there's hope. There's victory, that there's healing. But the, the New Age web that we see today um, is spread out and, and what it does, is it begins to uh, hover in and, and move in on people that are vulnerable. Vulnerable in their health, in their emotions, in their spirit. And you know what? We've got the answer. His name is Jesus Christ. And uh, we need to understand uh, what we as a church are really called to do. You know, in my day, and I'm not going to go through all these stats, but, um, you know, th these are some of the subtleties that have come into our culture. And today we're embracing it. And you wouldn't believe, I believe that, you know, our nations are embracing spiritualism and all sorts of different philosophies uh, that are actually harming our, our people. You know, mental health has never been so high. It's huge. You know, emotional disorder, uh, relational breakdown. You know, Melbourne is, is now become one of the highest capitals. This is in the world in the area of, of killings and murder. I, I mean, that's a scary stat. We're not, we're not talking about New York. 
We're not talking about the UK where their populations are huge. We're talking about Melbourne here. And to me, if this was a godly nation, I don't think we'd see those results happening. And I think there's a real challenge to the church to make sure uh, that we are aware and that we are awake and that we um, are part of the process of what God wants to do. Now, in my day, there were subtle things just starting coming to through our televisions. And, you know, I don't know, uh, some of you might remember this show. It'll tell you how old you are. But how many of you remember Bewitched? Put your hand up if you do. Well, look at all, well, there's a lot of old people in this church. And it was a very harmless, you know, it was pretty harmless. It was a fun show. It was great entertainment. And uh, Samantha, when she twinkled her nose, things happened. You know, I twinkle my nose and nothing happens. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I'd like to... It was a real fantasy thing. And it seemed very, very harmless. But, you know, sometimes, again, we, we need to be discerning about what's pushing these issues and what's the spirit behind these things. Um, just let's go forward most probably 10 years down the track and I'm not going to go through all the shows because let me tell you, you just have to switch your TV on today and let me tell you, you are more, you, you are fed more spiritual philosophy of new age than you are aware of. It comes through our commercials, it comes through our businesses, it comes through our movies that we're watching and we're embracing it. We're embracing it and it brings confusion. If you don't know God's word, it will, you will be confused. You will be misled. It only takes you to be one or two degrees out. And that's why today we need to be aware and awake of the spiritual realities that are happening in our society. Now, I'm not saying to react to them because we need wisdom. How many of you know? You can't take on spiritual things. Uh, just, it's, it's not, this is not about a fist fight or it's us and them. This is about using wisdom and the Spirit of God and the Word of God. But, you know, this generation, and this generation's come up, is, you know, it's come up with Harry Potter. Now, you, uh, look, a lot of people have seen the movies, and I'm not here to judge. I'm not making a judgment. Um, you know, they're very entertaining movies. Great books. But what is the spirit and the philosophy behind it? That's what ha we have to ask. So I'm not on a, you know, I'm not, I'm trying to, I'm not on a witch hunt because we have to live in this world, but we're not of it. And so I think it's really important for us to understand, you know, how some of these things and how we're being lured and some of the tactics because the, de the, the devil does have a strategy. And if you open a door and you begin to, you know, cross a line, then what happens is you're getting captured in some stuff that will affect you physically, emotionally, spiritually, relationally and financially. It will begin to invade these areas of our life and we need to be wise in the kingdom of God. We need to understand what our position is in Christ and we need to understand the authority that we have in Christ. But we also need to understand the work of the enemy. You know, there's an example given of a frog that if you put a frog uh, in, in a, um, a pot and you put it over a stove and, um, you know, as the frog is in there, it'll stay in there if the water is quite lukewarm and as you heat it up, what happens is the frog begins, its, its blood begins to acclimatise to the temperature. But as the heat goes up, as it so acclimatises that it's not realising that it's about to enter into the boiling part of it, part of that water boiling, 
and its strength is taken away and before the frog knows it, it has lost its strength to jump out. And we need to be very, very careful today because sometimes what happens is we begin to acclimatise ourselves to things that start to come into our life and before we know it, our spiritual strength has been sapped out and we find ourselves in a situation we should not find ourselves into. Are you liking this message so far? Is it encouraging you? Do you feel encouraged this morning? Let, Let me go on. If that's okay. So Halloween, let me just quickly, look, let me just highlight to you some of my research very quickly. Then I'm going to give you five reasons why people find themselves in these webs. And I think it's important for us to know. Um, Halloween is actually, if you study its, its background, its, its um, beginnings, was actually a pagan festival. Paganism is... Um, an expression where God is eliminated. And it was a pagan festival. It was actually celebrated by the Druids in Ireland uh, back in the early, early centuries. Uh, A Druid was a pagan high priest. The celebration would start on October the 18th, uh, 13 days before Halloween was actually celebrated. Uh, And what it was, October the 31st uh, was like a high mass for people that had given themselves over to New Age concepts, New Age philosophies, even devil worship. And just like we celebrate Easter as a Christian faith, where at Easter we know it was the death of Jesus Christ, but it was also his resurrection. And it was the release of the Holy Spirit upon the earth because of Jesus' death and resurrection. Well, the Druids would believe that on October the 31st they would have animal sacrifices and uh, what they would do at the time of these sacrifices, that they would actually um, release a spiritual power, a demonic power upon the earth. Now, you know, we can look at it, we can laugh about it, we can say, well, you know, we don't really want to look at those sort of things. Is it the beginning of it? Is it, uh, is it true? Well, from my research, um, you know, I have found that actually uh, those concepts Uh, were a reality and I think today we need to be really, really careful uh, that we don't just see it as some sort of fun tactical thing. Can you you understand what I'm saying? And so I think it's really important that we realise that as much as our societies and our communities are going to celebrate Halloween, we need to use incredible wisdom and as as parents there's a pressure. Let me just say this, parents there's an incredible pressure with our children. If you, are a, if you are a parent today, there's incredible pressure because I know about that pressure because I know at school the pressure that our kids are put upon. So we need to use incredible wisdom in how we educate and make our kids aware about these celebrations that actually have not got a Christian heritage or a Christian faith, if anything, have the opposite to it. So can I just give you five reasons why people get lured, not into just Halloween, but into these New Age concepts that are coming out. It would be an understatement to say that the New Age thinking, uh, it's extremely difficult to actually grasp it. Uh, Its tentacles are global. Its participants are high-level executives, political leaders, successful entertainers, educators, professors um, who promote Um, these actual philosophies that are encouraging 
our young people that are encouraging society to go in a certain way that is actually ungodly. So how do people get trapped uh, into this web? Let, let me give you five reasons why I believe there, there's a lure, there's a trap to these areas. Here's the first one, is the desire to know the future. Uh, there, there is an incredible um, instability in our society today. How many of you know that? There's an incredible instability. People want to know about their future, particularly with all the brokenness that is happening and people are living on shaky grounds where people have had broken relationship. There's economic and financial collapse. There's an increase of violence, sickness, diseases that are coming. People seem to have no security. So people turn to look to see what their future is about. And, uh, you know, I don't know if you were aware of it, but th there's an incredible web put out for people to find out or to begin to look at their future. Um, you know, you just have to put on your television. The other day I was in a, um, I was in a waiting room. I was actually waiting just to get a, a checkup. There was nothing, is my, you know, normal checkup that I have once a year. And, and uh, I was watching, you know, this particular morning show and there was a section allocated for clairvoyancy. And I thought to myself, wow, isn't this amazing how we've embraced this culture now? We've just embraced something that we've opened ourselves up to. And I was surprised and, and sort of shocked because I don't watch the morning show. I was surprised and shocked that they actually gave this section um, to this particular show. So today there's so many things that people can engage in. Clairvoyancy, crystal gazing, fortune telling, numerology, Ouija boards, spiritualism, tarot cards, dream interpretation, horoscopes, psalm, uh, palmistry, uh, mediums. You know, we need to be aware that the, there is a web out there that people access, but you know what? People do want to know the future. How many of you know that God's got our future in his hands? And, you know, the Bible says that he has a hope and he has a future for us. And we as the church need to be aware. Do you know what? All I'm wanting you to be aware today, I'm not wanting you to be aware of the dangers of the web and everything like that. I do want you to be aware of that, but it just means there's great opportunity. There are people that are hungry. There are people that are our neighbours that there are people that are in shopping centres. There are people that actually are looking and saying, is there a hope? Is there a future? And we need to be aware that people today are fearful. People today are scared. But how many of you know God is in control? We don't have to live in fear. And all these, this web that's being created, let me tell you this, these are just great opportunities for us as a church. And this is why this is not a reactory sort of message. I just want you to be aware that these are the traps. This is why people are looking for alternatives because they don't know that there is a God that loves them. They don't know that there is a Savior. They don't know that Jesus came and actually died on a cross for them and that he rose again so they can have a hope and a future. And so, friends, let me just say this to you. You know, the opportunities that come up through these seasons and even at Christmas time, there are people out there today, they are scared about their future. I, I guarantee you that, you know, if you meet people... Um, you know, you get an opportunity to meet people and you start conversations. Many of them are, are, are wanting to know what is happening in our world. 
And, you know, we might not have all the economic answers. We might not have all the exact things. But what we do have is the hope of Jesus Christ. And we need to be aware of that. So people are being lured in because of the hope of the future. Here's the second one, the desire to have power and control. You need to understand that today people want power, not just power, but they want control. In Acts chapter 8, verse 18 to 19, we read a story of Simon who was a sorcerer. And when he saw the apostle Peter move in the power of the Holy Spirit, he tried to buy that power off of him. He said, what can I pay you? What can I do to access this power? How many of you know that the power of the Holy Spirit can't be bought? Uh, It is accessed through the surrender of our lives to Jesus Christ. And if you surrender your life to Jesus Christ, let me tell you, you can access the power of the Holy Spirit that will give you the power to live on this earth. But it will also give you the power to live a self-controlled life. Can I say this? Do you know that there's so many people that have addictions today? So many people that are are, are pill popping and, and there's so many drugs today to keep us trying to stay in control. Let me tell you, there's a higher power. His name is the Holy Spirit. And if you submit to the Holy Spirit, you can have self control. All these, can I be this blunt today? And I'm sorry I'm going there, but there's all these addictions and all these behavioral patterns that now are coming on people. You know, there's we're now creating new names for different behaviors please give me a break because let me tell you something it's called human behavior it's called the sinful nature most of our issues if not all our issues come from that there and I know that there are there are different realities of this and I know that I'm generalizing I know that there are you know certain things that we need help for but let me say this I am concerned that we're making up more behavioral patterns and we're giving them names when really the root issues are not being addressed and the root issues is we need to get back to Jesus Christ and need to begin to say hey guys if we come back and we surrender to God's pattern and to God's way that let me tell you, you can have self-control. You come, can come into a place where you can find the reality of who Jesus Christ is because he is in control of our lives. Can I have an amen to that today? And look, look let, let me just say this again. This is not judgmental. I'm not wanting to be judgmental today but these are the realities this is why people are falling in these webs this is why people are falling in these holes because let me tell you there's a trap out the enemy he's a deceiver and what he does is he creates you know these these holes in our society and people continuously fall in them and we need as a church to be aware here's the third thing the third thing is desire for fulfillment now how many of you have heard that song by Mick Jagger that he wrote years ago. And, he, and, the, and the words were, I, I can't get no satisfaction, but I try and I try and I try and I try. Well, that's just the cry of a human spirit. Because without God, we will never get satisfaction. Because everything we plug into that this world tells us to plug into is false. It gives us momentary pleasure, but let me tell you, the only satisfaction comes from the living water of Jesus Christ in his life. 
And you know, I know that maybe you've tried so many things. I know that there's people here today and you're on a journey right now and you've tried to plug into this and you've tried to plug into that and you've tried to plug into this thing and you get momentary satisfaction and some, you know, some place of fulfillment. But let me tell you this, that there is a well that never runs dry. There is a water that you won't thirst from again. His name is Jesus. But we have to plug into that. We have to plug into him. We have to put our roots deep into what he has for us. And I believe that this song really reflects the cry of a generation. Do you know that when you become unfulfilled and you become restless, you're going to get reckless? Friends, let me tell you, I've seen this pattern. I have seen this pattern so many times. When you become restless and you become unfulfilled, you will make reckless decisions. You'll tie yourself to things that are going to take you down a path of destruction. It'll take you down a path where you will be enslaved and you'll be trapped. And if you don't break that thing off of you, if you don't realize that your source and your hope and your fulfillment is in Christ, you, it'll be like a black hole. You'll never be able to fulfill it. I think Meredith is going to talk about that in a couple of weeks' time. We look for our sources in so many things. Friends, let me tell you this, that our source of hope, our source of joy, not just happiness, but our source of joy is found in Jesus Christ and surrendering our lives to him. But so many people get caught because our, our society has, has sold us a lie. It's sold us a lie, a temporary lie. If you plug in here and you plug in there and you plug in there. Listen, to live this life, you don't need 240 volts. That's not going to sustain you. It'll sustain you for a while. A while. You need to be plugged in. The one who, doesn't, who, who himself is sustained and he will sustain you right through your journey and right through. Here's another one. Number four, the desire to try and find the truth. There are so many voices today. There are so many voices getting into our into our worlds, proclaiming that they are the truth. But let me say this to you. Only Jesus Christ said this, I am the way and I am the truth and I am the life. Friends, let me tell you this, that, you know, if, if something doesn't give you life to sustain you, it is not the truth. It's easy to find out what's truth and what's not. Just find out if it can sustain life. Because if it can't sustain life, then it is not the truth. Some people bring arguments. You know, I'm amazed at uh, sometimes some of the discussions I have with people. And I say to them, but the way to identify if something is of truth is to see if it actually gives you life. Because if it doesn't give you life, you've got to ask yourself this question. Is it really of truth? And this is what I love about Jesus. He, he didn't say, hey, I'm just the way. He didn't say, I'm just the truth. He says, I'm the life. He's the life source. He's the life source of your marriage. Let me tell you, you can go to so many different places to try and sort things out. But until you bring your marriage, until you bring your relationships, until you bring your life, to that place of the cross where you surrender to Christ, you'll never be able to have the resurrection life that you're looking for. That's God's pattern. And sometimes we don't like and sometimes we react to it. But let me tell you something, that truth, the fruit of truth is life. 
The fruit of truth is life. Somebody needs to hear that today. So, so there's, there's, there's somebody here today, you're arguing, you're arguing about truth. And yet everything that's happening to you is not reflecting abundant life. And you've got to ask yourself, if you're going down this track and you're making these choices, then the, the fruit of your choices should be abundant life. That means that you've got a healthy emotions. That means you've got a healthy mind. That means that there's the blessing of God upon your life, that there is peace. You still might be going through a storm, but there's peace because you are in life. And I feel very, very strongly about that today. There's someone here, you are battling, you are arguing with God, yet you're in a struggle. But this is, this is not to condemn you, but have a look at the fruit that's coming out of the decisions you're making. Because if they're not life, then you're walking in a path of bondage and destruction that's not just going to hurt you, it's going to hurt your family. Do you like this message? You're glad you came to church. You mean you got me out of bed, I came out of bed an hour earlier to hear this? Here's the last one, a desire to be free. Man, I don't know about you, but, you know, I remember, you know, some of you don't know this story, and, but, you know, last year, at the end of last year in December, uh, two policemen rolled up at our, uh, at our office. We, was in a, we were in a board meeting, we were in a network meeting uh, with our executive pastors, and um, there's a knock on the door. April came, Charles's wife, knocked on our, my office door and said, Pastor Nick, there's two policemen here to see you. I thought, wow, must be very popular. And uh, they just said to me, um, oh, we need to talk to you. And I thought, they were quite serious. And I thought, well, maybe there, you know, something's happened in the church and, you know, there's some issues. And so we went into Charles's office and I said, sit down. To take us, he said, no, no. Uh, I said, oh, there was an urgency. I said, no, no, sit down. They said, uh, no, no. I said, well, what, how can I help you? He said, uh, we're here to place you under arrest. <laughs> I'm there. <laughs> I, I, thought, I thought it was a joke. Uh, I actually thought that um, Noah Beasley had put them up to it. You know, one of our guys, I thought, you know, I mean, he shifted to Geelong now. I thought, surely there's something wrong. Here. And I said, are you joking? He said, no, no, you, we, you are under arrest. And uh, because of your position... Um, you know, we're going to respect that and um, you, can, you can follow us in your car or else you'll have to come with us in the paddy wagon. Now, my brain is going, what the heck is this? And I asked them, well, what am I, uh, you know, wh what am I being arrested for? They said, we can only tell you one thing, we can't, you, you'll have to come to the station. We're placing you under uh, arrest for, for theft. I'm going, you've got to be joking. They said, no. How many of you have heard this story? And so what happened is they, I followed them to the station. Uh, I took my keys and my man bag, which I usually carry. My phone says, no, no, you can't take that. You can only bring your keys in. Uh, you have to hand that on. So I, I handed it on to the constable there. They took my keys. They sat me down. And, you know, my mind all of a sudden started to go to a place I thought to myself, what is happening here? 
uh, one of my executives, as they were taking me out, said, do you want us to call a lawyer? I'm going, thanks for the confidence that you have in me. That's fantastic. You know, here I am being led down, you know. And uh, anyway, I get in and again, they said, yes. Then the sergeant comes and said, Mr. Reski, you've been uh, arrested because of theft and we need to take your fingerprints, and they had mugshots. Now, you know, I've never been through that process. Let me tell you, I, I've never gone through a thing like this in my life. And I said, but uh, can you tell me what I'm, you know, being charged for? Can you tell me, the re- you know, the, the realities of it? And they said no, and so they take you into this place, they take your fingerprints, they take your um, mugshot, and then they sat me down in this cubicle with two other constables and said, we're going to ask you some questions. And I'm going, what is this? Now, can I say this? I've never been in prison. (laughs) Aren't you glad? (laughs) But the experience, all of a sudden, the emotions and everything, I thought to myself, wow, some people actually, this is what happens. Anyway, they began to ask me questions like, Mr. Reski, have you ever been to this church? I won't name the church. I said, yeah, actually, I was there three weeks ago not knowing that what I was saying was actually reinforcing their case. <laughs> and they said, uh, do you, um, do you realise, um, do you know uh, what's happened there? I said, no. He said, well, you've been um, seen on Crime Stoppers. We've got a picture of you on Crime Stoppers and someone's rung up and said, it's you. And uh, they said, where were you on Friday, whatever, you know? And I said, I really don't know. I said, because... And all my questions were just making me look worse. And I said, look, I don't know. I didn't have my phone. I left my phone in the car or wherever. I can't remember. I think in the office. And and, um, I said, I can't call my PA. And they told me the name of the church. And apparently there was a robbery at the church. And I was the person that took money. And um, I said, well, let's ring the pastor. They said, what's his number? I said, look, I can't remember his number. So I'm being more implicated as I go. And then they said, do you have any enemies? <laughs> I thought, well, I don't, but my wife wasn't very happy with me this morning, so I don't know if she's rung in and said something, who knows? Anyway, cut a long story short, they showed me the, the video and, uh, you know, look, at, at first glimpse, no joke, I looked at this person and thought, heck, that's me. <laughs> I felt like going, here, take me, take me, you've got me. Uh, but as, as this person began to work further, uh, I realised he was a lot taller, a lot thinner. And for once in my life, I was like, thank God I'm short and I'm a bit, a bit pudgy. You know, it's all okay. Um, and it was a situation where this guy was going around to churches at funerals. And he was, you know, they would give at funerals. They'd have, uh, the, the family would want a contribution to go towards a certain um, organization and particularly there was one guy apparently going around and taking the money he was taking the box and everything like that and uh, you know that's what was happening around the place you know but eventually the guy gave himself in but I think he'd hit about 10 churches so um, long story anyway I, I went in there and I came out of that experience thinking to myself wow to lose your freedom to lose your freedom we've got no right I felt totally powerless. I felt like I had no right. I had no ability. Can I have the musicians just come now? I had no right. 
freedom had been lost. And it was scary for about, you know, a good hour. I was in this place that was like I was thinking, wow, how would you be? But you know what? There's a lot of people like that. And they don't live in prisons. They don't live behind bars. And there is such people today so want freedom. People today are looking for liberty. People today are doing everything to try and find these places where they can find emotional freedom and spiritual freedom and relational freedom. But because of the damage of their heart, the Bible says this, that when we get hurt, we harden our heart. The freedom that comes, the release that comes from forgiveness, the release that comes from healing. Let me tell you, if you are in a place where you are abound by things that have hurt you in the past. It's a prison. And Jesus has made a way through forgiveness. He's given us that example on the cross. And you know, when our heart gets hard, when our heart gets hard, we're like, I've said that many, many times, it's a prison. And people, because they're in that prison, They go from one prison to another prison to another prison to another prison to another prison. They go from counsellor to counsellor to counsellor to counsellor. And it's a web. It's a web of deception. You might know people like that. You might have been like that. You yourself might be working on a journey like that. But there's freedom in Jesus Christ. There's freedom in Jesus Christ. He's the keeper of our heart. He's the one who sets us free. Now, I just want to say this morning that I want to do two things. Number one, can we please have wisdom? This subject matter needs incredible wisdom because we're not here to judge. We're not here to condemn. Aren't you glad that Jesus did not come to judge and condemn the world? But he came to give it life and give it hope. And all I just want to make us aware of today is, number one, be careful because the subtlety of the enemy trying to enter into our homes, and I say this particularly to young marrieds that have got children, where sometimes you get tired of caring for them and we just stick them in front of a television. And I know what that's like because we've done it ourselves. I'm not up here to judge. I'm not up here to say, well, look at me. We've got it right. But there's such, a, there's such things coming through our televisions and our media and our social, social media. Let, let's just be wise. Can I say this? Can we be wise? Can we be awake? And some of us might need to educate our children because I'm not sure if saying, no, don't do this, I don't think that's the answer. I think it's about educating them. Because you have to teach your kids there are choices they're going to have to make in life. And you're being bombarded with so many things. So we need incredible wisdom. Number two, there's incredible opportunity for the church to minister to people because I guarantee you that you are going to meet people that have fallen into one of those traps. It's a web. They'll have fallen into one of those traps. And maybe you've fallen into it. And if you have fallen into it today, let me tell you this, that just by making a decision, just by acknowledging the truth, you will be free. Isn't that incredible? Just by making a decision based on truth, you can be free. It's not that difficult. It's not that complicated. The moment that you acknowledge that you are in a hole and the moment that you 
make a decision to say, I am going to follow God's truth, His way, which will result in abundant life. Let me tell you, things will start to turn, things will start to change. Could you stand to your feet right now? Is that okay? I want to do two things very, very quickly. The first thing I want to do today is I just want every eye closed. Could I just have every single eye closed just for a moment? If you have fallen into one of these traps or you know right now that you're in a place where you're going, do you know what? Um, I am on the wrong course. I have come off kilter. I, I have, I'm, I'm, I'm going in the wrong direction. If that's you, would you be bold enough? Would you today be courageous enough to say, Pastor, that's me, and today I need to make a decision to get back on track? If that's you, I'm going to give you that opportunity right now just to lift your hand very, very quickly, and then I'm going to get you to put it down. Thank you. Uh, I just know that the Holy Spirit is just touching some lives right now. I'm just All I'm going to ask you to do is, you might say, why do I have to put my hand up? Can I say this? Because it takes a decision to break something over your life. If that's you, quickly just put your hand up and then I'm going to go on with the meeting, okay? Some people have responded already. Thank you. Thank you. That's great. Thank you. We're going to pray for these people right now and I'm going to ask all of us to pray together. Is that all right? Come on, just to let, let's all of us just put our hands out in front of us and Holy Spirit, we come today and we pray right now in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for your grace. We thank you that, Lord, it's your grace that, Lord, extends your arm. And, and Lord, your arm is longer and deeper than the holes that we find ourselves in. And that, Lord, you're pulling people out, Lord, of, of that situation right now because of a decision that they've made today. I thank you that, Lord, your power, Lord, is available today to break those things in our life. Lord, things can turn around so quickly. Father, we thank thank you for that. We bless you for that today. And Father, I pray specifically for these people that have responded that today, today help has come. Today they are free in Jesus' precious and holy name. Would you give God a big hand of praise for that right now in Jesus' name. Let's, let me do the second thing. Can I just ask um, that in this season, and it's not just Halloween, it's around us all the time, I just wonder if today you'd become a little bit more aware and awake of some of those situations. Because I believe there's opportunities around us every single day. Not to bring condemn condemnation. Listen, listen, when people are in these holes, they need help. They don't need us to condemn them. They don't need us to try and make them feel worse. They're already bleeding. They're already in a pit. But what we need to do is be a lifeline for them and help them and bring them to Christ. It's a journey. It's a journey. And you know, every single day there are those opportunities. I just wonder, just for a moment, if we could all just uh, put our hands out in front of us. And you know, as I'm, as I'm speaking, maybe, and as I've spoken today, that maybe you've never thought about it. Maybe you've never thought about how people end up in holes. And I've given you five things that, you know, as you talk to people, I believe the Holy Spirit is going to highlight to you uh, what hole people have fallen into. Some people are looking 
to find out the future because they're so fearful of the future. Some people are looking for control and power. Some people are looking for fulfillment. Some people are looking for truth. Some people are looking for freedom. Friends, let me tell you this. Jesus answers all these questions. He is the answer to all these questions. Holy Spirit, help us. Give us discernment. Open our eyes. Let us see that Jesus is the answer. We are the carrier of his word. We're the carrier of his truth. And Father, today, Lord, I I pray that we will open our eyes, be aware of these situations, that we, the church, would be awake, that we would not succumb and be seduced by the subtlety of the enemy. Father, we thank you for that right now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Now come on, lift your hands towards heaven just for a moment. Come on, lift your hands towards heaven. Let's sing that last song. Can we do that? The cross has the final say. Can we, can we make this declaration today? Do you know with your hands lifted up and as we're singing the song, can we declare it over this nation? Can we declare over this nation? that people would turn to Jesus, that they would come and say, you know what, Jesus is the answer. Jesus has the final say. Come on, lead us in worship.